0: You're listening to the Feedback Code Podcast, igniting potential and activating perspective through stories of everyday feedback. I'm your host, Steph Barnes. Hey, I am so excited to introduce to you an incredible speaker that you're going to hear from this week, and his name is Brian Bogert. Brian is a passionate human behavior and performance coach, speaker, business strategist, top sales professional, and philanthropic leader who believes in helping growth-minded individuals achieve the best version of themselves. Who wouldn't want to be the best, right? And not only the best, but their most authentic selves. We love to talk about authenticity in our culture these days. But how often are we really tapping into what is truly authentic to ourselves and what really is the best version of ourselves and consistently walking that out? He shares some of his best tips on self-growth, leadership, and more on this week's episode. You're going to love hearing about how to leverage radical authenticity and awareness to create the intentional life you've been dreaming of without having to struggle alone. Brian's revolutionary strategy of embracing pain to avoid suffering has helped individuals, groups, and entire companies break beyond their normal to achieve the success in life and business that they've always wanted. Let's dive in.
1: So what we know is that the world tells us to literally reduce, eliminate, or avoid pain. And I'm telling you that the world is wrong, right? it's a natural evolutionary response that was based in survival way back when but in this modern day era we don't have to like literally avoid pain just to survive on a day-to-day basis it might seem like that but that's not necessarily the case so we have to understand the difference between pain and suffering to really understand like what does this concept mean so pain is defined as short-term intermittent and a direct cause from something and then alleviated once that direct cause is removed But then what do we do as human beings is we screw it up like we screw everything else up and we put adjectives in front of it, like acute and chronic, which inherently changes the definition. Acute doesn't, acute maintains it, but chronic changes the definition because it implies that pain is no longer short-term, no longer intermittent, and it persists even after that direct cause is removed. So let's stop calling that chronic pain. Let's call it what it really is. It's suffering, right? We don't want to admit that suffering exists, particularly when it's a direct result of our choices. And the thing is, is suffering creeps up on us because we adapt to it slowly over time, sometimes until its effects are irreversible. Whereas pain gets lots of attention, right? Because it's in our face. We want to avoid it. We feel it. And I don't care if it's physical, emotional, spiritual pain or just perceived pain. Like pain is pain. We know it. We feel it. It's real time and we react to it. But what I'm challenging us to do is instead, let's better understand how do we use it as fuel for our success How do we better understand the right types of pains to embrace between where we are today and where we want to be and start to recognize them right through a lens of meaning? Because that's what it really is. Pain points us at what's important. So the concept, just so that we understand it, we can embrace the pain of hitting the gym for 30 minutes a day to avoid the suffering of aches and pains of a sedentary lifestyle. We can embrace the pain of a difficult conversation with a loved one or spouse to avoid the suffering of being stuck in a loveless marriage. That's going to end in divorce. Or frankly, being stuck in a marriage when we think divorce is the right outlet. We can embrace the pain of the fit our kids are sure to throw by having them put down their mobile device at the dinner table to avoid the suffering of years of lost, meaningful connection and conversation that will never get back. As business owners, we can embrace the pain of firing our top salesperson to avoid the suffering of stagnant growth and losing all our other top talent because they were the greatest cancer in our culture. And so the list goes on. Like We really have to start to understand that this can and is... An effective tool towards becoming the people that we believe we are and showing up in the world in a way that we can absolutely operate from joy, freedom, and fulfillment and understand that it's our choices day by day that are really going to guide the path that we're on. So I believe that we all must choose our pain or our suffering will choose us.
0: That's so good. And it's um, it's interesting because I feel like we live in such an avoidant, a pain-avoidant culture. We do. Everyone's like, ooh, that's. I don't know. Should you really do that? And it's like, we have so many knowledge, so much knowledge, and so many resources these days that it's like, there's no reason that you should endure pain. We kind of live in that mindset of, well, why would you need to go through that? So that's why I love embracing your concept because if you can hit the pain now so that you can avoid the suffering, it's worth hitting that pain point. Or you know, it's conversational, right? It's like, let's talk about the pain points here. It's a point. Or it's a bullet point to your story, but it's not necessarily like the entire story. Yeah. If, if you choose to not make it the entire story, right?
1: But so often, because we tend to reduce, eliminate, or avoid it, right, it ends up being worse later. And that's why I say, I mean, that you cho- you truly can, we can choose our pain now, or our suffering will choose us later. It's that, it's that simple. And I, there has not been a category that I've been able to look at that we can't draw correlations like that. This is literally, this is like my guiding principle in life. Um, and, and And so far, every single time I've done it, you may be in a ton of pain during the process of embracing it. It doesn't mean it's easy, right? But can you embrace the pain in a meaningful way right now so that you can extract the meaning, the lessons, the improvement, and avoid the suffering? Later, that's the whole
0: point. In these different stages of our lives, where we're like, I don't know how long this season lasts. I don't know how long this season of pain is going to last. And I, and there's so many life hacks and quick ways to figure something out and look it up on Pinterest and figure out how to hack it. And and I feel like sometimes we get stuck in this in this thought process that like it doesn't have to be this long. Just condense that pain. It doesn't do something else for it or go to the gym a little bit more and. I love a part of your analogies and ways that we've talked is like sometimes you do have to kind of sit through this so you can figure it out now. And then it's not gonna last forever. But if you don't sit with it and really figure out what to do with it, um what about let like let's chat a little bit, unpack what it's like to be like sitting with the pain. Tell me a little bit about it.
1: So I have a client that I'm working with right now. I I could give you multiple examples, but this one is real, like really deep. And I, I cannot share the details of her story. And so I won't, but what I will tell you is that there have been three potentially soul crushing catastrophic events that have taken place in her life. And I had no perspective on how bad it was until she finally shared. But what I also learned is that she has not shared the details of these things with anyone for 30 years. That's a lot. She's been suffering. She has not allowed herself to feel it. She has gone numb to it. She has shut herself off from human connection because it was safer in her mind to protect herself that way. As she describes it, she was like a crab on the bottom of the ocean that built up this fortress of shells and felt like it was what was going to protect her. But she also was getting to a place where she was losing hope. She thought that the ability to feel happiness, joy, freedom, and fulfillment was not possible. That for her to have the, relationship and connection with those that she loves the most in her life wasn't possible. And in a matter of six weeks of actually allowing herself to feel, she's now in the process of healing. She vocalized things that she's been trying to avoid for 30 years. And we've been going head on at them for six weeks. Wow. And we have literally ripped the bandaid off to the point that she literally has verbalized. I have not felt this light in my entire life. She now has choose your pain or your suffering will choose you as a quote on her wall as a reminder every single day, because in six weeks she went from avoiding the same couple of pains for 30 years to having them all be completely out in the open. Now, now, Hers is an extreme case, but how often do we have things that shape us? Emotional triggers, baggage that we've carried with us from our childhood, our parents, an an ex-relationship, whatever, right? A a, a shame-based work and toxic culture that has limited our belief system. It doesn't matter what the category is. There are things that we have avoided feeling because we haven't felt the permission to feel, nor do we think that somebody can actually be there to help us. Or we think it's too painful and we can't handle it, so we just try to shut it off. But what inevitably happens is we just end up becoming an empty shell of who we once were. And we end up numbing in some capacity because it's the only way to survive. I don't care what type of numbing tactic, right? I don't care if it's drinking, if it's other drugs, if it's literally zoning out on Netflix, if it's like shutting yourself off from human connection. Like we numb to try to heal, but all we're doing is actually allowing a scab to develop over the wound instead of allowing a scar to form so we can actually be healed and move forward.
0: Our scars
1: are a representation of what we've been through, right? And, And I mean that physically, emotionally, perceived spiritually. And so when we just sit with something, when we could go see a counselor, we could go see a therapist, we could hire a coach, we can talk to a spouse or loved one, right? Like, If we don't feel, we don't heal, period. And so there are things that we just have to do. And it's not all about like our own personal pains. But again, as a business owner, are we doing what's necessary and tough to allow ourselves to stand on our own two feet and know that we did what was right? Right? Or do we turn a blind eye because we can make some profit? Do we get people who are toxic in our culture out of our culture because we see how damaging it is for our culture, impact on our clients, impact on our associates, right? Or do we just turn a blind eye because they're our top line revenue developer? I mean, there's all these things and these decision points in our lives that, that do impact us. But if we take the short term actions necessary to embrace those pains, they don't develop into suffering. But if we avoid those often suffering will come back full circle, but we can't predict when, but it's an adversary always in pursuit that will catch us at some point. We just don't know how.
0: Yeah. And I feel like it's so interesting because sometimes we can get stuck in thinking that we're doing the right thing by like avoiding it. The show goes on, or we have all these little phrases, right? Like you got to play the game. The show goes on, pull it together, throw some lipstick on. Like there's so many little quick catchy phrases that we've created and People aren't doing well.
1: (laughs) But I mean, again, you can put this in any category. You're right. We're not doing well. But how often, right, do do relationships end because pride and ego get in the way? Because the individual has decided that they want to be right versus focus on getting it right, right? How often might there be a deep longing, love, and connection, but because there's never the ability to communicate about it, the two egos will never let that wall come down to be truly vulnerable and see what's actually happening in front of you and figure out, is there a way to move forward? Like, let's just be honest about what happens, right? It's what's not said that typically keeps us stuck. I'm a believer that we can say anything in this world. It's all about how you say it, how you wrap it, what context, what caveats, where and how is that person gonna receive it, right? But again, I'm talking about relationships, I'm talking about business, I'm talking about personal health, I'm talking about mental and emotional states. It's so often these things that we feel but we don't actually verbalize that are what makes us feel stuck and helpless, right? When in reality, we feel like we can't, but why? Because some social construct has told us it's not appropriate to talk about that.
0: Well, I think a huge one too is like, I'm watching as people are learning to talk about things that are uncomfortable and getting comfortable, getting uncomfortable. There's, we're forgetting that there needs to be this buffer of grace of saying like, they're figuring, at least they're verbalizing it. At least they're kind of getting there. Um, I was talking about this with a girlfriend the other day and she's like, You know, I just had to like bite my tongue on some things that he was saying, but I knew I had already created a safe space for him to kind of process things and talk through things. Um, And I think as friends and coworkers and and managers, like we have to come to the table of saying like, I'm here to listen and I'm going to watch you unpack this. But if you like bite it or like try to nip it in the bud, if it doesn't sound like it's your way that you want someone to explain something. that you want someone to verbalize their pain or frustration or how they're learning to communicate. If we just are quick to attack, that's when people revert and say, Ooh, that was kind of painful. I don't want to do that again. I don't like that. And they don't continue.
1: And and I love even what you said, like getting comfortable, getting uncomfortable because the thing is I I describe discomfort as like the 5k to pains marathon, right? Like we, if, if we don't know how to truly embrace pain, like start with embracing those little moments of discomfort because that's often what it is, right? And it, it is, it's like training. You have to put yourself in a position because we're not used to it. We're used to avoiding it. So sometimes we've got to start with just discomfort moments. And then, but what you said is absolutely correct. We have to, as a society and as individuals, recognize that we don't really ever know where somebody's coming from.
0: Yeah, and, and you so don't know to, if it's their first time talking about it. You don't know yeah. if it's like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to talk about this. I don't know how to talk about this. Ugh. Right. Giving people
1: the space and the grace that you said so beautifully, right, is really what's so important because we don't ever know where somebody's coming at. So all we can do is try to meet them where they are, right? Yeah. And then if we can meet them where we are, we might be able to be that next to them to hold their hand through the journey. We might be able to give them the kick in the ass they need. We might be able to pull them up out of that darkness, right? But we don't know unless we actually pause, sit in that space and that grace with them. To allow them to unpack whatever needs to be said even if it's not going to come out perfect i think that's the other thing people are hesitant about it's like well i feel these things but what if i don't say it perfectly is it going to blow up and make it worse well yeah it could it could truthfully right which is why sometimes you need to set up the environment for success to do it if if you have to confront somebody maybe you don't verbalize it to them for the very first time maybe you talk to somebody about it first process your emotions take the emotion out of it become detached and focus on getting it right but allow yourself to feel what you're going through.
0: Well, um, and even talking to someone, I love that you said that because I think sometimes you have to process what's what you've wrapped up so tightly in your mind already. And sometimes it's just pulling it out of your mind because yeah. our mind can play so many games on us. And so once you start to verbalize it, someone might say, are you, are you sure that's really the situation? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you but building a story? Or if that really is the situation, digest it, process it, get yeah. it out. But then figure out, like, that's where you have that safe space with a friend or you start to learn to right. talk to you. Because, you know, when the, when you do start to process it, it that's when the right friend's going to be like, whoa, I don't know if that's really how you should come in. That's, you're coming in hot. I don't know if I would position it like that, right? Yeah,
1: no, no, you're, I mean, but you're exactly right. I think those sounding boards are important. And, um, you know, what we know is that our minds and our hearts, spin up intellectual and emotional narratives, often which are not true. And so to really be able to navigate and get ourselves to the next level of like performance in life, like we have to understand the root of those narratives and we have to be able to regulate between the two and understand which one is true in the scenarios or if either are true, right? We don't always give ourselves the ability to do that but often what keeps people stuck, right? Is the fear of what might happen. Can I handle it? Can I move through this? But we also know is that fear is often fabricated you said it really well. You spin up this narrative so tight in your head, like you believe it to be true. And it's like, until you have the opportunity to gain other perspective, to start to challenge whatever that narrative that's spun up in your head is telling you, you can't start to see that it's lying to you.
0: Well, and how many times are we seeking advice from people about this narrative that we've spun? And we're like, okay, got to seek confirmation, seeking confirmation, seeking approval. Did I do the right thing? Did I make the right choice? And you're, then continuing to just basically put nuggets in your basket, <laughs> Trism, like just to yeah. affirm yourself um, on this story that you've already built and this narrative that you've already built. It's true.
1: That's exactly right. That's hundred percent. Right. And, so we've got three steps I want to walk you through. Cause I think it is important because it's like this idea of embracing pain to avoid suffering. We've talked a lot around the concept, which is, which is beautiful, but I also like to give people, not just the thought process, but steps to be able to get there. And this isn't like a three-step system to create success. That's not what this is. <laughs> three this steps is f-
0: being the best person ever.
1: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I want to know that's, all of
0: them. That's, that's <laughs> not who bonus. I
1: am and that's not how I position myself. Is stuff. there a
0: bonus at the end of this webinar, Brian? Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 it is legitimately three things that will help people go on this own intrinsic journey for themselves because I think that's what's important. So the first is that we need to acknowledge the suffering that we wish to avoid And I know that that sounds crazy. If you're like, wait a minute, Brian, like you're telling me I got to embrace the pain, but I also have to think about suffering. Yeah, I am. Okay. But what the rest of your week
0: is shot, sit and focus on (laughs) it.
1: Get ready. Here it goes. (laughs) Um, But really acknowledging the suffering you wish to avoid is the alternative side to the same coin on what you really want. So if you get clear on who you are and what you really want in your life, It's also important to recognize like, we need to understand what we don't want. What is the idea of suffering? Most people go through this goal planning process and they just focus on desire and hope and like, where do I want to be? But they don't think about where don't I want to be. You need to understand your guardrails. You need to understand your bookends, right? Because both are motivating and both are clarifying but very few people talk about this other side. I'm telling you, I want you to acknowledge the suffering you wish to avoid. So what does that mean, right? I have a client. 38 years old, he moved 26 times before the time he was 18. He lived with his mom, his aunt, his dad, his grandma. Never went to the same school twice, never had the same set of friends twice. To say that he never learned how to give or receive love is kind of an understatement, right? Like the guy like literally like there's self-worth issues, there's love connection issues, there's human connection issues, there's all of these things. And and whenever something got hard that he was, Didn't have to live in it for very long because he was just going to be in a new environment within a couple of months anyway, right? Fast forward to today, he's got a beautiful wife and two beautiful daughters. The idea for suffering in his life is very clear. It's a life without them in it. But he's not the man that he needs to be, the husband and the father that he needs to be to ensure that they're going to be a part of his life forever. Mm -hmm. So what what is the counter to what he really wishes to avoid, right? The, The acknowledging the suffering he wishes to avoid is a life without them. The counter to that is he has this very vivid image of his wife and him sitting on their ranch in Texas with the wind blowing through the brush. And the only thing breaking the silence is the laughter of his daughters and his grandkids. Mm. I got chills when I say that because the reality of it is when the, you got chills too, good, yeah. (laughs) That means it's real, right? Mm -hmm. So when the purpose is big enough, it overtakes the pain. And when he can sit with that image and he can burn that image into his soul, the purpose becomes big enough to overtake the pain that's required for him to change to invest in feeling and healing in a way that he can start to establish his own self-worth to start to feel and heal in a way that he no longer has to be a nomad and avoid difficulty or have to run away when those things happen, that he can embrace the pains necessary for him to learn how to give and receive love to the three people in his life that are most important to him. Right. We all have the ability to do that, but very few of us actually look at both sides of that same coin. Yeah. The next step is to identify the pains that we tend to avoid and learn to embrace them. I'm going to use a personal experience on this one, right? What I didn't talk to you guys about, and I'll give you a a quick overview of this, is that when I was seven years old, I was run over by a truck and my left arm was completely severed from my body, okay? Was reattached. I've had 24 surgeries. So this idea of embracing pain to avoid suffering came deeply from a lot of the experiences that I went through physically and also emotionally over a lot of my recovery with this time right? There's a lot of things that have happened in business and other things that have taken place as a result of that. But the reality of it is embracing pain to avoid suffering is a concept that I apply to everything in my life. Well, about 15 years ago, uh, as a result of my injury, I don't have a tricep on the left side, on my left arm. I don't have a lat on the left side of my back. My bicep is my gracilis from my leg. I have a literal curve in my spine because of the muscular imbalance in my body. About 15 years ago, that pain, which I always described as chronic pain, started to develop into suffering because it became debilitating. It got to a point where it was impacting my quality of life and my ability to show up. So then I started to look into it. And I realized that if I keep my back strong, I keep my core strong, I stay physically active and I stay lean and I eat the right kinds of food that my body won't be debilitated by this suffering, but it's an everyday manageable pain. So what did I do? I went and I joined a gym. And I went consistently for 30 days because that's what we do when we want to get healthy, right? When we, when we know New Year's resolutions, uh, Would gym memberships go through the roof because it's like, that's what we do. I went consistently for 30 days and then I stopped going. Had I not already acknowledged the suffering I wish to avoid, I probably would have stopped there, which is why most people stop there. It's like, well, going to the gym and working out is just not for me, right? Mm-hmm. I had to ask an additional question because I already knew the suffering I wished to avoid. I knew that if I didn't stay active, if I didn't find the right way to do this, that it it would be debilitating again. It would impact my quality of life. And that wasn't something I was willing to accept. Mm. So I asked myself the question, is it the pain of working out, the pain of lifting weights, the pay of plyometrics, the pain of stretching, the pain of all of that, that I'm avoiding, or is it the anxiety I get when I go into a crowded gym? Mm. It was absolutely definitively the second one for me. You see so often people think that they're stuck. They feel like they're not in their place of life because they have the wrong strategy or tactics in their life. But very often it has nothing to do with strategy and tactics. It has everything to do with emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, and environmental conditioning and moving those things to a place of conscious awareness so that we can understand how they've shaped our lives and kept us in that self-defeating place. So I had to embrace the pain of recognizing that I had to invest the time, energy, and money to create a space in my house to build my environment for success so that I could actually truly avoid the suffering that I'd already acknowledged in my life. That's But too often people stop and don't ask that additional question. So identify the pains that you tend to avoid and learn to embrace them because it's not about putting yourselves into unnecessary or ridiculous amounts of pain. It's about identifying the right ones between where you are today and where you want to be and learning to embrace those. The last step is that we have to learn to establish this as a habit in all areas of our life. We know that experts in habit formation always call it for an upfront energy tax to anything new that we do. That inherently implies that there's a negative because that's what most people say to me. They're like, Brian, this sounds really hard. This sounds like it's going to cost me something. It sounds like there's going to be an expense to it, right? <laughs> but even experts in habit formation call it a tax. Let's stop calling it that. Yeah. Let's flip it on its head and start to view it as an investment in our future self. Like, sure, the old adage, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger is antiquated, but it's also a challenge of perspective because it causes crack. us to see our pain through a lens of meaning. Yeah. So there you go. There's your three steps.
0: Done. Fix your life right now. <laughs> no, that's huge. I'm glad you mentioned um, the emotional triggers and the environmental uh, The environmental side, because I think so often uh, people forget that. And even in the midst of quarantine and things like that, my neighbors that would ever stop in or whatever in my apartment, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, you rearranged your house again. And I'm like, I have to seek some energy if I'm not leaving. Like I've remodeled (laughs) a one bedroom apartment so many times. They're like, you did it again. Like, oh, that's over here now. And but to me, they're like, those are the basic things that you have power over in the midst that's of when crazy. there's uncertainty, if you can just switch it up so that it feels better, um, you're seeking basic- influence and
1: control over whatever you can control, and that's a that's a perfectly reasonable example. I have to say though, our, did 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 you ever listen to uh, Jeff Foxworthy's "Here's Your Sign" way back in the day? I think it was no. Jeff Foxworthy. It might have not been yeah. Jeff Foxworthy. It was the, it was the comedian. It's like "Here's Your Sign." <laughs> yeah have you not Have you not ever heard no. that? Okay, I haven't heard it's, that. It's no. lost on you. It's lost on you. I oh can't my even. Gosh, get you. no. <laughs> I was going to go somewhere really funny with that, but if you don't know the joke, it's no, not going to matter.
0: No, bring, bring it in, bring it in. One time I talked about Barbara Walters with somebody and they didn't know what I was talking about. And I was like, you know, this is 2020.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. it's probably not Jeff Foxworthy, but it was definitely like that group of guys that traveled and did, I'm just drawing a blank on the on the comedian's name, but it's literally, here's your sign. If you Google it after this, you'll hear it. But it's, the whole premise behind it is like, can we just have a sign that we give people when they're really stupid? And he gives all these examples, but one of the ones that you just gave is it's like he's like, "Yep, we were outside. We'd packed up our entire house. We had all these boxes. We had a moving truck. We loaded it all up into this into the into the um, into the moving truck." And my neighbor came out and he's like, "You moving?" And he goes, <laughs> he, "His response was." Nope. we just like to pack up the whole house every once in a while just to see how many boxes it fits into and if we can get it all into this truck and then oh, he's like yeah. here's your sign like right so when you talked about like rearranging your apartment that just that's what triggered for me i was like you're you're, you're they're like really you're rearranging again here's your sign like <laughs> yeah we are
0: <laughs> no that's so that's so good oh my gosh that's so good well hey i loved chatting with you today really appreciate it i Gosh, I'm going to like listen to this over and over just for myself. Um, So good. Uh, The time that you shared with us, I really appreciate it. Uh, Where can people connect with you if they want to dive in here a little bit more?
1: Yeah, so you can go to brianbogert.com. Pretty much everything is on there. Social handles are at Bogert Brian. They're all integrated on there. Um, And then we create a lot of free content. You know, One of the things that I didn't mention earlier is that I'm on a mission to impact a billion lives by 2045. The reason that's relevant is I wanna acknowledge that what that means to me is reducing the level of suffering on this planet so that people have the chance to experience joy, freedom, and fulfillment. So that people can stand on their own two feet and celebrate who they are and know that they have permission to be who they are and the world will accept them, embrace them, and love them for exactly who they are. I think vulnerability and authenticity are the glue that binds human connection. And it's eliminating the suffering and allowing those things to take place that's gonna bring us all together as a society. And so that's what I'm focused on. The reason I went down that path is, I am very aware that 99.999999999% of those billion people will never pay us a dollar. And I am completely okay with that. So what you'll find is that I create a lot of free content for the sole purpose of I just want to elevate and empower people along this path, whether or not they formally engage us or they just consume content, thought process, and resources that we put out. Please go visit. Please go consume. And I do have a free resource for everybody if they're interested in asking themselves some additional questions go to nolimitsprelude.com. It's a succinct version of a lot of our coaching philosophies that will ask you the right questions to lead you down that path of your own intrinsic journey and start identifying the pains that you need to embrace in your life to avoid suffering. So whether you have no idea who you are, you're very clear on who you are, you're somewhere in between, like this will help you. And that may be all you ever need from us. And if that's the case, great. Um, I just wanted to thank you for creating a platform for me to come put some good into the world and hopefully get a little bit closer to those billion lives impacted. So it's been a pleasure, my friend.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate you. And um, everybody, we will have that um, available in the show notes. So you can dive in and check it out.